it was full when we started. It's been proven that with uh, batteries and wireless mics, the more talent that pours through them, the more battery gets drained. So. A group of first graders got together and decided to write their own version of the nativity. It was more, say, modern than the traditional drama. There were familiar members of the cast, of course, Joseph, the shepherds, the three wise men, the star, and an angel propped up in the background, but Mary was nowhere to be seen. Suddenly, behind bales of hay could be heard loud moans and groans and yells. Evidently, Mary was in labor. Soon the doctor arrived, dressed in a white coat with a stethoscope around his neck. Joseph, who's nervously pacing, gets a look of relief on his face, takes the doctor straight to Mary, then emerges pacing back and forth. After a few moments, the first grade doctor emerges with a big smile on his face. Congratulations, Joseph, he says. It's a god. For creator God to leave the throne and become creation. So helpless, so small. A birth that had more animal witnesses than human. He could have been stepped on by a donkey. For creator God to become human, to live and breathe as one, be tempted as one, and to die as one so creation would never have to die again. For the Prince of Peace to come and speak himself into our violence, to bring goodwill to our ill will. What a statement Christmas makes for humanity. What a statement it is for the one who is and was and is to come to be our is. Have we ever pondered, have we ever pondered though, the irony that this statement brings each season? Christmas time brings more suicide, depression, and episodes of mental and emotional crises than any other time of the year. Why? Well, to answer that, we must ponder the most basic of human need. And the most basic of human need, I mentioned earlier, is to belong. We need some sort of community, be it family or community outside of family. We long simply because <clears throat> we were created this way. The world tears community apart while God calls us continually back. Family, church, clubs, societies, organizations, all communities that need us to belong to and that we need to belong to. We remember that God left his unbroken community to bring us back to restore our community with him. The only time that the unbroken community of the Trinity was ever broken was so that he could become one of us to come and save us, to restore us back into community with him. The Christmas story, God becoming man, shows what humanity means to him. His story teaches each of us what we're really worth. We've distorted and we've twisted We've taught that self-realization, self-actualization is at the top of the developmental pyramid. Self, self, self. We're taught to worship self. Now we as, as believers in, in Christ, we don't believe that's a good thing, right? To worship self. Christians must be careful though. Sinners, yes. 
even driven to the point of calling ourselves worms? Yes, but worthless? No, 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 no. Hold on at what we're reminded every year. Not worthless, worth it all unto us, given to us, his son, a human baby. She'll bear a son and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place in order to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The is and the was and is to come is with us. He's to save his people. He brings not simply a name, he brings an entire Hebrew sentence translated as with us is God, is literally how you translate Emmanuel. It's a first name, it's a last name, it's a middle name, it's a whole sentence because it can't be contained. The news is so good. With us is God. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a feed trough. The sign will be for you. The Creator became creation. Why? to be with us, to be our is. God is and was and is to come. Not just for, say, 33 years estimated his time of mission upon earth, but forever. Why? Because he loves us. His love came first and love demands action. So God's first action was to love all of creation, no matter what they've done. So he sends us Jesus. The final judgment on humanity is Jesus. If you're looking for our judgment, it lies in a manger. Our judgment also, thank God, hangs on a cross, cursed never to curse us again. I pointed out this week the desire of ages statement. Ellen White says, Satan's purpose is to bring about an eternal separation between God and man. But in Christ, we become more closely united to God than if we had never fallen. Humans are now bound to God for all eternity. It'll never be broken. John 3.16 tells us that God gave his son to who? To us, a fallen race, the only race that needs him as a Messiah. And he gave him to us. To remember that sacrifice, Jesus will retain forever his human form. We're told in the kingdom that we'll be reminded every day of how he feels about us. And one is, is that he retains his human form. When we look at him, we see not only the son of God, we see at the same time, the son of man. He adopted human nature and form in order to save and redeem human nature and also to redeem our form. We had never come up with a plan like that. It's the reason he couldn't leave our salvation to us. We wouldn't have come up with a plan like that. We no longer love as he loves. 
and yet we're commanded to. We know not how nor when nor we can imagine that we might begin with first, then to first simply receive it as his Christmas gift. His love is given to us as a gift. The dream of that love changed and changes everything. He changes everyone. Nothing is ever the same. If we truly believe that we have been loved and we attempt every day then to love as we've been loved, then we do not remain the same. And anything then we touch does not remain the same. He remains human forever to prove his love. His humanity is what humanity was supposed to be. If you want to know what we were created to be, all we have to do is look at Jesus. The Son of Man is who we should have been. And thanks to his ministry, thanks to his sacrifice after his birth, thanks to him becoming our is, we can have it back again. He changes us by giving us our dignity back, giving us a purpose, giving us true self-worth, self-actualization, self-realization, gives us something truly then to live for. It goes beyond good works and bad works. It goes beyond sinning and not sinning. It goes to the very heart of our being. It goes beyond a father loving his children. It goes beyond the father actually becoming a child to show every father what love really is and what it means to love your children. I pointed out that we would never come up with a plan like this because we don't realize what love is. The second we fell, we distorted it. We conditioned it. We placed conditions on it. We ruined it. Jesus restores it carries our broken love back with him to the cross and then to the throne and then hands us our unbroken love back. He who sits at the right hand of the throne of the universe is the son of man, the lamb that was slain. When he returns, it will be the son of man that returns. He might be dressed a little different. He may look just a little bit different, but there isn't going to be one of us that is not going to look into the sky that day and say, I know him. That is our son of man. And he's come for us today. Ellen White calls him the day's man between God and humanity, the son of God and the son of man, the only one that could lay hands upon us both, the only one that can feel what it feels like to be God and to feel what it feels like to be man. And then to take that love and then to take that God, if you will, and condescend in order to become man. The apostles write about it, for it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one father. And for this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Paul will add, but God proves his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. 
No conditions upon that love. The plan we would have come up with is get your act together. Be sorry for your sin. Then I will die for you. If that were the case, we would be here another five, six, seven, who knows how many more millennia waiting for everybody to get their act together and just to be sorry for your sin. No. It's while we considered him our enemy, while we hated him, while we betrayed him, while we were still in our sin, that's when he decides to die for us. John then will add, see what love the Father has given us? That we should be called the children of God and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. It's the love. It's the love the world does not recognize. It's the standard that the world loves by, does not recognize the holy standard in which God loves. And when the world sees it, they don't know what to do with it. And most of the time they react to it violently. What we do know is this, that we are his children now. We don't know what it will yet be to be revealed, but we know this, that when he is revealed, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. You and I are purified by his purity. He gives us his purity in exchange for just a little bit of faith. If you just believe that he is willing to make you pure, guess what? You're now pure. You're now righteous. You now have been, he has now been revealed in you. We'll be like him, which means we shall be his love. We will love no longer as we were born the way that we were born to love, we will love as we've been reborn to love, as he is. No conditions, no distortions, no impurity. We will love like he loves us and made us to be his children. This would be the only reason that the world would not know us. That love that the Father loves us, a love they've never heard, a love they've never felt. And by the way, we're here so that they could hear it and we are here so they can feel it. A love that echoes in every language and every tongue. All who have this hope, the hope of Christmas, all who have hope of the baby that is our is and was and is to come and that he will return have been purified as he is pure. The purity being what? His love. You wanna be pure? Love as he loves. And always remember, he didn't just show us. He didn't just leave us an instruction manual. He's willing to give us the power to do so. Because the baby as our is changes everything. So today, tonight, till the 25th and after, take a moment to ponder and to praise Paul will tell us this, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. May you be prepared 
to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who's enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. Note the tense of those verbs there. Transferred, rescued. We're not waiting to be rescued. We're not waiting to be transferred. We're not waiting to be transformed. If you have faith in Jesus, you have been rescued. You have been transferred. You have been transformed. We don't live in this kingdom. We're citizens of the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things and in him holds all things together. He's the head of our body, church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his fleshly body through death so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. Once again, not to be reconciled, not waiting to be reconciled, not getting my act together for reconciliation. You are reconciled. In his complete presence, our is and the was and the is and the is to come. Receive his gift again like no other Christmases. Receive him and be reconciled. I'll read that last verse again in the New Living Translation. It says this, Colossians 1.22, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless and stand before him without a single fault. Merry Christmas.